What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheen Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheen, and we are back with another Bellator preview. And this time, it is for Bellator 300, their massive card going down over in San Diego, California on October 7th. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about Bellator over the last few weeks um, and, and, you know, discussed if this is their last few cards. And I, I have put it on record that I sincerely hope it isn't. That even if, let's say, you know, the rumors about PFL buying them, if they are bought out by PFL, hopefully they can keep Bellator going. I think it'd be great for everyone. Um, hopefully they can get a TV deal. Hopefully all of that sort of stuff can happen and Bellator can keep going or maybe even improve and get better because... um. Honestly, as as someone from Ireland, it's been very valuable, and I honestly think without Bellator over the last few years, say before PFL emerged and before one championship, maybe I suppose uh, took the uh, the steps forward that they have over the last few years. Bellator were the only ones really. Um, giving us an honest second uh, opinion, if you want to put it that way, in mixed martial arts. You saw the likes of Corey Anderson going over there and having a good career. You saw the likes of Ryan Bader, the likes of Phil Davis, uh, Benson Henderson and others going over there and having good fights and a good career and all of that. And you saw others, you know, like the likes of, of Michael Chandler, likes of Eddie Alvarez, the likes of MVP and uh, many others, Brent Primus, who we're going to talk about here today as well having very good careers in Bellator and um, I, I think sometimes you know Bellator haven't helped themselves in, in certain ways with you know making it easy to watch them if you're outside of America maybe down through the years and you know plenty of other different things but at the same time I think um, it was mostly good and maybe we you know we tend to look a bit negatively uh, in MMA at different things at times um, and uh, maybe we were a little bit unfavorable at times but you know it's one of those things you you um, you miss it when it's gone and I think that could be the case with Bellator and hopefully hopefully it's not the case but uh, hopefully um, Bellator is able to stick around but I suppose that's a discussion for another day because we have a card to look forward to and it is a very good card. Like it feels like the the card I was just at um, a couple of weeks ago in Ireland was a very good card, like up and down a very long card with a lot of fights, as is this one. Um, Bellator 301 as well, which I'll obviously talk about in a few weeks. Uh, also a very good card and it feels like they're stacking all their fights, getting a lot of uh, big names on these big cards now because of the uncertainty with which we are faced in the future, I suppose. Um, but that, as I said, makes a very, very good card. There's four title fights uh, on this one, and they're they're all, in my opinion, very, very good. Um, let's start with the main event, Usman Nurmagomedov um, against uh, Brent Primus. And I, I'm always fascinated by Brent Primus fights, and I have been now for years because uh, it's... It's almost as if Primus at times um, is sneakily good while also being like a little bit um, of like a, from a past era maybe. Like, I, I don't think he's the most well-rounded fighter in the world. He's obviously, you know, he's lost to Chandler, Mamedov and Shabli um, over the last few years. He doesn't fight that often. Yeah, he's one, look, he's, but then he goes in there and he beats Benson Henderson. He beats Mansoir Barnoui and, and many others. And, you know, he's beaten Michael Chandler as well back in the day. Um, and he gets those big wins regularly enough. Um, while, as I said, not being the most well-rounded guy in the world. Now, look, he can... 
He can do it all. But I don't think as well as the top level guys at lightweight in the world at the moment, where maybe that wasn't the case a few years ago. Um, obviously, his ground game is, is fantastic, just a sneaky ground game and the way he catches people in it. And, you know, he's before you even get to like the the, uh, the submissions or anything like that, you know, he's go-go platters and neck cranks and, and different things on, on his uh, on his ledger over, over his career. But his wrestling and his ability just to like turn the fight into his fight is very, very, very good. Um, but against Usman or Magomedov, it's going to be very, very tough to do that. 17 and all, 14 finishes, and it's really, uh, it, it's really hard to see Primus doing what he does against someone as dominant as a mega man of like going into the Vincent Henderson fight I was kind of saying like you know that tricky fight was was good but he was very controlled and you know is there a little bit of him quite maybe fighting within himself I always made this claim about uh, an Adesanya as well that he's very good and maybe sometimes he is so good he knows that he doesn't really have to up it to win certain fights. And it felt like that was the case in that Patricky fight a little bit. But then the Benson Hinders fight, he came out and blew him away in the first round. And, you know, he'd been blown away people before that. Not on the same level, but he had been blown away people before that uh, as well. And in the first round, in the second round and things like that, did go to decision with uh, when Mike Hamill, who is probably an underrated fighter as well, and who maybe is a little bit comparable to Primus in terms of maybe size and the way he approaches fights in terms of ferocity, if not um, if not game plan. Um, I, I think what Usman needs to do in this fight is what every fighter really needs to do against Bryn Primus, and that is just kind of control him. Don't allow him to get into those, I don't know what you call it, those funky spaces. Don't allow him to get into a, a jiu-jitsu battle. And even, look, even, let's say the fight hits the ground, you get on top of your Usman Nurmagomedov. I think you have to be very, very controlled there. Like, don't worry too much about landing shots. Don't worry too too much about the judges or anything like that. Just kind of worry about not getting caught by Prim Primus. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's probably going to be a longer fight, if that's unless you get the finish. It's probably going to be a longer fight in that case, just make it a longer fight. Allow it to be that longer fight. And uh, I think I think that will be enough for him to kind of get the win. Like, on the, on the field, I think he won't have too many problems. Like, Primus will come in and he will throw his shots and he'll try to land them. But I think uh, Nurmagomedov is longer. He's a better jab. He's a very good jab. He's a very controlled fighter. You know, people probably see the name Nurmagomedov and maybe if you haven't watched a lot of Bellator or whatever, maybe you think, oh, this guy is, is a wrestler and an all a wrestler like Habib or whatever. That, that's not the case at all. You know, it's um, he can wrestle and he's good underground when he needs to uh, when he needs to do it. But he is more of a striker and he's a very good striker and he's long and, um, you know, rangy and uses his jab very well, as I mentioned. And that's the type of fighter he is. And that's the way I think he will win this fight. So I... Um, I like uh, Usman Nurmagomedov in this fight. I think he will. Uh, I think he will get the job done. And I, I like. I, I think it's going to be a bit of a longer fight. Um, I I could see maybe a late stoppage, third or fourth or fifth round, maybe. But I I do think Primus is tricky. Um, I think he'll make it tricky, and I think Usman will 
respect that, to be honest. Um, and I think in in a fight where one guy who is very tricky and one guy isn't going to take big chances, that just kind of makes for a longer fight. When one guy wants the fight to kind of delve into uh, uh, an uncontrollable fight and the other guy wants to control it, I feel like if the guy who gets the control... Who wants to control gets to control. Again, it could turn into a bit of a longer fight. Now, could in late, it could, you know, that it could tally up, you know, the, the jabs and the, the, the dominance maybe throughout the fight, if he does get that. So maybe a later finish. But yeah, I, I like um I like Usman in that one. Um the next title fight on the card is uh, Chris Cyborg against Kat Zingano, um, which, again, is very interesting. You look at Chris Cyborg, and she's 38 years of age, and I spoke about this on the, the top five fights for the month, but you look at Kat Zingano, and she's 41. You'd nearly forget that, that Kat Zingano is actually older than her, but you know Cyborg has been around and, I suppose, fighting a lot more regularly than, than Kat, who's faced a lot of injuries and a lot of time off. Like If you look at Kat's record... Over the last, um, you know, the, the last few years, she fought once in 23, once in 22, once in 21, once in 20. She didn't fight at all in 2019. Okay, she had a good few fights in 2018, uh, three, but no fight in 2017, one fight in 2016, one fight in 2015, one fight in 2014, one fight in 2013, one fight in 2012, one fight in 2011. And then we're back to her, you know, before she even went to Invicta. So that's crazy. There's only what it's only one year in the last twelve where she got more than one fight in. Sorry, two years. No, one year. Yeah, one year in the last twelve. And this is going to be the second year. That that that's actually that's crazy. That is crazy. That amount of inactivity. Um, and I I just wonder, right? <laughs> if that it oddly help. Because, you know, when you get to an age, uh, a lot of the time, it's 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 a lot of the, the, the miles on you rather than the age itself. And she has had plenty of time to recover after those fights. Um, and I wonder, is that something that will stand to you later in your career? Now, maybe I'm clutching at straws here a little bit, but that's something maybe Cyborg hasn't had down through, down through the years. Although... I suppose recently, you know, she, she hasn't fought now since April 2022, at the, you know, which may may help or may hinder. I, I, I just wonder as well, though, and maybe this is defying the point I just made, but at this stage of your career, when you're 38 years of age, I, I, I used to hear um, Floyd Mayweather talking about it, and he goes, you know, you can fight maybe like once every nine months, but if you're, uh, if you're leaving it to like 15, 16, 18 months, at that age, it's very, very tough to prepare the same way you used to. Just because, you know, when the body is awaiting that kind of trauma of the camp, at 24, 25, it's grand. But at 34, 35, 38, it's not as easy. So that's, I think that's that's one possible place where you can find it. And I know Chris Eiberg has had boxing and stuff in the middle of that as well, but it's, it's not the same as mixed martial arts, you know? Um... I just those two factors for me. I just wonder how they play out, right? I, I I feel like I feel like it's a bit of a negative for Chris, and the inactivity throughout the years for Zingano, and now having two fights this year might be a little bit of a positive, even though she is a little bit older. If you get me, um. So that's that side of it. The other side of it 
is the actual the, the fight itself how they're, how they're going to go um Catching on a fought Leah McCourt the last time out, and I, I obviously Leah's Irish, and, and we'll talk about her again uh, in a while here. I watched a lot of of Cat and Leah for that fight um, to to break it down in this, and it it felt like going into that fight. A lot of people were, <laughs> funnily enough, yeah, people were kind of saying, "Oh, Leah's going to want to strike with her." Cat is going to want to take her down, and I thought kind of the opposite. Look, it, it played out into a fight where. There was a bit of both, if we're being honest. You know, both kind of got on top of times, both, you know, won the striking at times. It was a very close fight. Literally one of those fights that came down to the last second. I think it was that cut on Leah that probably won Cat the fight in the end. Uh, if that hadn't happened, Leah probably would have won. You know, it was one of those fights. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it was a little bit different than the judges. But it felt it felt that way anyway, even if it wasn't. Um, I wonder, in this fight... If Cat will kind of do what I was saying going into the the last one, but with a little bit maybe more of what she saw and the the good parts of what she had in this fight. So let me kind of give you an example. Maybe you're, you're fighting someone like Liam McCourt and she is very big and very strong, and she you know maybe Leah would want to use her jab and want to get the strikes going but didn't try to take you down and get on top you attack the takedown first you get down you get on top first I think that's a, like a real mental um, not necessarily a mental blow to your opponent but a, a, a positive mental move for you right and I think against someone like Cyborg or say someone like Nunes or Rousey back in the day, you need that massively. Like you need it in every fight, right? You need it in every fight, but you massively need it in fights like that. Look what happened to Zagano when she fought Rousey. It was the exact opposite of that. She went straight down in for the day, but Amber, gone. It was seconds. It was immediate. She needs to get something positive going early against Chris Cyborg, right? And whether that is her landing strikes or finding a way to land on Chris, or whether that is her getting a big takedown early and getting on top of Chris, I I think, honestly, she needs to mix it up a little bit. Like, I, I do think she needs to strike a bit. Usually when you're fighting Chris Cyborg, everyone's like, well, look, try to get her down, try to wear her out, try to take that power away. And, like, who has actually done that? No one has done that. Like, the only person to ever beat her uh, in, in the last, in recent times, anyway, is Amanda Nunes. Now, Katzengano, or no one is Amanda Nunes, even though Katzengano has a win over Amanda Nunes, if memory serves me correct. Um, but it has to be, here it is, you have to give yourself the chance. Right, You have to give yourself the chance that if Chris Cyborg isn't the Chris Cyborg of old, you're in it. Right, because there's there's a possibility, and not just Chris Cyborg, this can happen in any fight, right? There's a possibility you meet someone and they're not what they once were, and you're still fighting the old fighter and end up losing because you show them too much respect. Um, there's also the chance that you don't show them that respect. You go out there and you get absolutely bulldozed and knocked down and around, right? Which is easy for me to kind of laugh at there, but it's not It's not an easy thing to do. It's not a nice thing to do. Make no mistake about that. But I think you have to do it to give yourself a chance. I really do. Right. Now, I'm not saying be foolish and go out there and, and you know, put your head on every shot Chris Cyborg has taken, but throw your shots, throw your leg kicks, throw your combinations, set up the takedown, go for it, and then wear Chris Cyborg out. 
because that is a positive mental move for you, but it is a massive mental negative move for Chris Cyborg. Let's say she gets taken down after eating four or five shots on the feet and maybe not landing her own. That's 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 how you change a fight. That's how you beat a big name, you know, a monster like a Chris Cyborg, a monster like an Amanda Nunes, a monster like a Ronda Rousey or a, a, a McGregor back in the day or a Habib. That's how you beat them. You have to not just gain their respect, you have to take it. Um, and I believe that's what uh, Katzengano needs to do. Now, can she do it? <sighs> maybe. Maybe she can, but I do favor Chris Cyborg. Uh, I think... If Chris can stop the initial couple of takedowns and she can get her striking going, uh, I, I think she will... The longer the, the, longer the fight goes, and, and when I, what I mean by that is when it goes into the latter stages of the first and into the second round, I think she'll open up and I think it'll be a difficult fight for Kat. I do think Kat will land a good... Uh, maybe not a good few, but a couple of strikes early. I do think she will cause her a little bit of trouble early. I think she will have a good plan coming in there. But at the end of the day, I think Chris Cyborg will be able to evade it and will take over and probably get the finish maybe the second or third round. So I, if you're Chris Cyborg listening to this, you're probably thinking, oh, Jesus, you spoke a lot about Zingano there, Shani. But you kind of have to when you're looking at, how, you know, how do you, how do you kill the queen, I suppose. Um, but it's, it's, very, it's going to be very hard. I think Chris Cyborg is going to be a big favorite here, and I think rightly so. Um, I think she will win this fight, I'm, I, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. A fight I'm fascinated by is Liz Carmouche and Alima Lea McFarlane. Um, Alima Lea is a fighter, right, who Bellator banked on for a good number of years, uh, and she did a great job. You know, she she beat the likes of Emily Ducati, the likes of Alejandra Lara, the likes of Valeria Turner on a very good win there with a triangle and, and a few more as well after that. But when she lost to Juliana Velasquez, I think a lot of people, myself included, kind of thought um, that that was the end of her title run because of how good Velasquez is. Now, we've seen what has happened to Velasquez with Carmouche and, and all credit to Carmouche for, for beating her twice. Um, and... I think losing to Justine Keish afterwards for Alimala, there was talks of retirement and all of that. But the fact she's kind of clawed her way back, she's you know, she's still only young enough at 33 years of age, won two fights in a row, I think gives her an extra boost going into this fight. I really do think so. Now, her, I think her game isn't... Like, you, you see her against Velasquez, and you see, like, her game isn't as um, modern, I think, as a lot of the, the female champions we see at the moment. I, I Like, it's, it, it, I don't think it's close, really, to, you know, whether it is Shevchenko or Grasso or Cyborg or Kayla Harrison or Larissa Pacheco or, you know, all of them. I, I, I just don't think it's at that level. But the thing about it is, I'm not sure. I think Velasquez is a worse matchup for than than Shevchenko, even or than uh, Carmouche, Sorry, even though you know Carmouche has beaten Velasquez twice. So to get back to a title and not find Velasquez there is probably a benefit to Limele, you know. Uh, and I I would say definitely a benefit to Limele because you know Liz is 39 years of age. She fought in the first, she was the first ever woman in the, in the UFC cage. You know, she's been fighting for 13, 14 years now. Um, 
And I I just wonder, I, w- I wonder maybe will that give Alimale maybe a, a little bit of heart? And I, I know they've trained together as well. But like Alimale's game is, she is heart. She is all heart. She goes out there, she's, she's well-rounded with maybe the, the lack of a special thing, you know? She doesn't have the Muay Thai of Shevchenko or the, maybe the Jiu-Jitsu of a, of a Grasso or the power of a Cyborg, whatever it might be. But she is well-rounded. She'll stick in there and do that. And to a certain extent, Karmouche is the same. Now, as you can see by Karmouche's um, uh, wins over the last while, submissions have become a big part of her game. You know, she submitted Diana Bennett, she submitted Velasquez, and she submitted uh, Diana Bennett again in the last fight. Um, I, I I just wonder if that submission attack, uh, and it's not really a submission attack, it's, it's actually just kind of a finishing attack, and she's done well to catch people. And If that can be avoided by Alimele, I wonder how close this fight will be. Because we know Liz is, well, she'll buzz around the place and she'll land her shots and she will land a good few shots, but she's not exactly, the, you know, the the biggest hitter in the world. You know, she has, okay, she's eight knockouts in in, um, in 19 fights, which is, is not bad, but it's it's not exactly, you know, you're not a, you're not a knockout artist. Similar, you know, um, Alima is not a knockout artist either. So if, and, and look, Alima has good jiu-jitsu as well, so I'm not just saying, oh, if she can avoid the jiu-jitsu, I, I think... You know, she can. I think she actually can. I think that turns into, like, a relatively even enough fighting defeat, possibly. Right? Um, and that's kind of what... If you're leaving, that's what you want to turn this fight into, I think. You want to turn this into a fight where... Maybe, look, maybe I can get on top and I can win a couple of rounds there or something while avoiding the jiu-jitsu, although that's very dangerous. Um, and then, outside of that, you can turn it into a fight where, like, Liz, as well as her results have gone over the last few years... Um, she still has lot been losing a lot of those fights in the stand-up. And I think you can look at that and pick out a few things, like what did Velasquez do when she was winning those rounds? What did Bennett do when she was maybe winning a couple of rounds or winning stanzas uh, in rounds? Maybe, maybe there is a chance there for Lee Malay. I think Liz will be a big favourite. I think I think a big issue for Lee Malay here is going to be... Um, it's going to be the wrestling and the finishing. Right, I, I said it, and you look, she needs to avoid that, and, and I think she can avoid it, but I think it, I think if Liz can land a few bigger shots on the feet, and kind of, even if Alimele is, let's say, controlling her, which I'm not sure she's going to, right, and then she gets a takedown, and then she threatens what you just do, I think it turns into a very tough fight for Alimele at that point. Um, Again, I think she needs to control the fight Alimele, and if she, like if she does, she has a chance. But if she doesn't, I think it's very, very tough for her. I do think Liz Carmouche will win this. Um, I do think she will. Uh, I I can see Liz attacking the body here. I can see her attacking takedowns, and maybe that submission will be there for her again. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. And those are the, the four title fights. Um, I want to look at a couple of, of other fights here, maybe not as in great detail, but um, there are a few very interesting fights on it. This Davion Franklin against Slim uh, Trebelzi fight, um, 
Davion's a guy who's obviously impressed over the last while. He beat Casimaras last time out, but lost to Marcelo Gomes before that. You know, he beat inside Soma, who's on a good run at Bellator 2-7-4. Won the split decision there, okay, not not great, but this Slim Trebelsi, I've heard a lot about him uh, over the <laughs> over the last few years. He fought an Irishman, Ryan Spillane, in his second fight, and Ryan Spillane was really touted as a top guy. I think, did Ryan Spillane win the, the IMF gold? I was... He was in there anyway, and, um, you know, he, he destroyed him, really, and he's looked really good since, fighting in Aries and all. Uh, Slim Trebelsi is a guy you need to keep an eye on, uh, and if he wins this, I think, um, oh, I think the sky is the limit for him. Um, I love this fight as well between Henry Corrales and Kai Kamaka. Obviously, Kai was supposed to fight uh, when, around a month ago. That fight didn't materialize, and he's you know he's been on a good run. Won his last two fights in a row. Beat Adley Edwards last time out. Um, three in a row for Henry Corrales as well. You know a lot of people I suppose didn't expect him maybe to to go on this run. That Pabuchinko fight as well. He was a big underdog on that. I remember I gave him as one of my bets of the week, and he ended up winning that fight. So that's definitely a fight. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I like the the Leroy Joanna against Jenna Bishop fight five and all Jenna Bishop. Uh, Bobby Serrano the third is on the card as well. Some of the you know some of the upper comers. Grant Neal and Romero Cotton and middleweight uh, is an interesting fight. Jesse Roberts um, and Cosio. Uh, Mohamed Berkamov against Herman Torado is interesting. Fourteen and one Berkamov, a real top prospect. Um, in in against a guy with twenty one fights as well. Um, uh, Yagshi Muradov, one of the, the former light heavyweight contenders, uh, is back as well. And there's a plethora of, I suppose, the, the up-and-comers, Dmitry Hashinko against uh, Justin Maltalvo um, and others as well. The one fight that I want to mention, Liam McCourt and, and uh, Sir McMahon, I mentioned a little bit earlier, this could very well be the number one contender fight now. The fact that Kat's obviously fighting Cyborg... The fact that Sinead Kavanagh lost to Sarah Collins, who, you know, Sinead had obviously beaten uh, Liam McCourt, so uh, obviously a little bit ahead, but now that she's lost, I don't think Sarah Collins at 5-0 is going to get a, a chance against Cyborg next. So I, I do think the winner of this fight uh, is going to fight Cyborg next if if Bellator continues and all of that. Look, Sarah McMahon has won her last uh, two, and obviously she won one going out of the OC and beat Arlene Blinkow by unanimous decision. Uh, Liam McCourt... Okay, she lost to Katsangana last time out, but I don't know the US or Bellator even looking at that necessarily as as a loss. I think they, and similar with the Sinead fight, they were very, very close. Um, she beat Anna Silva in the middle of that as well after being on a great six-fight winning streak. I think, look, with the performance she gave against Zangano and if she was to beat Sarah McMahon, oh, I, 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 think, I think they will give her a title shot. And I think um, they might even do it in Ireland. So I think that would be uh, massive for Bellator. It's a very tough fight for Leah McCourt. Look, I, I think what we've known from Leah down through the years is her judo. And her judo is very good. She's obviously very big for the weight, very strong compared to like Sarah McMahon, who's has Sarah fought down at 125. She's she's definitely not the biggest in the world anyway, but uh Leah's striking has improved as well. She's been fighting over in, in uh our train over in Paddy Pimblet's gym. I think she was was she out in Thailand as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think she was, but her striking definitely looked better the last time out, and it's something that you know, it looks good in the start of fights and maybe wins over the last two. If that's something she can improve and bring on and you go throughout the whole fight with it, Leah becomes a different animal in there. And I'm excited to see if that improvement uh, has been made, I suppose, for this one. But on the other side of it, look, Sarah McMahon, we know about her wrestling. We know about her athleticism. Um, look, if you're going technique for technique in terms of the wrestling, in terms of the grappling, you'd have to favor Sarah McMahon. I, want, I just wonder, will the size be an issue? 
will the strength be an issue? Usually, you know, if you're a wrestler, you have the, the strength advantage, but maybe she won't here. So I, I just wonder how that'll go. I, I really think, look, you probably have to favour McMahon here in terms of what she's done throughout her career, in terms of... Um, you know, this being her big opportunity, I suppose, to, to get to the very, very top. Um, but I don't think Leah is without a chance. I think if those improvements have gone to another level, I think it, it, we could be in for a shock here, but it's a very tough test. Like, Leah's gotten a lot, a lot of tough tests over her last few fights, and without a shadow of a doubt, this is another one. So uh, I think, look... I think the takedowns from a man are something she always wants to go for. I think she'd be happy enough. I, I think against Leah, what you need to do is just kind of avoid her jab, avoid her lint. Uh, you know, maybe work the body shot. And for Leah, you need to use that jab, use the lint. Uh, keep McMahon on the outside. Don't let her take you down. McMahon will want to get the takedown. If she does, if, those scrambles are going to be huge. I think, like, if Leah can get on top on the scrambles, Leah's very dangerous on top. She's a very good rear naked choke and things like that as well. Um... But if McMahon gets on top, it's going to be a tough night for Leah. Look, man, McMahon, what was she a former silver medal uh, winner in the Olympics? It's going to be tough for anyone if she gets on top of you. So I'm excited to see that one. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. So um, yeah, we will uh, we will leave it there. I'll, g- I'll give you my um my picks for the the fights again, just uh, in case I know people get get mad when I don't get my picks. Uh, I'm going for Usman to beat Primus. I'm going for uh, Chris Cyborg to win. I'm going for Bader and I'm going for Carmouche. I'm probably going for all the favourites there. But uh, I do like Trebelsi against Davion Franklin. I go for Kaikamaka against Corrales as well. I think he's just, he's on the way up. I think he really is on the, on the way up. So those, yeah, those are the top fights there. Uh, I'm going to toss a coin and say it's going to be a draw between Sarah Man and Liam McCord <laughs> in that one. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing all those fights. And I uh, hope you are too. All right, I will leave it there. My name is Sean Chien for Shardog.com and I'll see you all next time.